Hey guys, it's Dr. J. And Apostle Sherman. And we are so excited that you have tuned in for this week's message. We pray that it blesses you and helps to transform your life and the direction that God has for you. Enjoy the message. Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 1 is where we're going today. Hello to the folks on the couch. Yay. I got some amazing, I really, not that I haven't loved the people before, I buy in rejection, but I really love these people on this couch. They are all so special to me, and so I'm super excited that they have joined me today. Genesis 4 verse number 1, the Bible says, now Adam knew uh, Eve, his wife. Now that knew is the new, right, from like erotica week new all right so he knew his wife and she conceived and bore Cain and said I have acquired a man from the Lord then she bore again this time his brother Abel now Abel pay attention to this was a keeper of the sheep but Cain was a tiller of the ground we'll go back to that later um, and so we're going to continue on the thought today we're continuing the Genesis series under the thought the case of Cain and Abel the case of Cain and Abel and so at the point at this point in Genesis, Adam and Eve have sinned. We all know that. Uh, Pastor PJ walked us through that last week. And we, we see now that God has given Eve and Adam uh, two sons. In Genesis chapter 4, Adam and Eve have these two sons. Now, the interesting thing about this, now they had a whole bunch of children later. I don't know if you knew this. Adam lived, most theologians believe, 930 years. So you could imagine that's a lot of time to have children <laughs> and to be fruitful and multiply. 930 years. I'm like, God, all I want, and y'all can judge me you want, all I want is a strong 80, and y'all can judge me with that. I, so I ain't even need to be here longer than that. And uh, I'm like, but 930 years is a long time to be alive. Amen. Um, but, but the story here is very interesting. Even though they probably had a lot more kids, they definitely did, they focus on the first two sons, Cain and Abel. And the focus on the story um, moves quickly from their birth to them as grown men, to them as grown men. Here's what the Bible says, that Cain was a tiller of the ground, but Abel was a keeper of the flocks. Uh, I want to fast forward to the end. I'm going to tell you what happens, okay? Uh, I'm going to tell you what happens ahead of the time in the case of Cain and Abel. Cain positions himself to kill Abel. So, so let's, let's look at this. So the tiller of the ground killed the keeper of the flock. I'm going to say it again. The tiller of the ground killed the keeper of the flocks. It's this idea of serving and this idea of just working. When I, when I was looking at this today, I, I was taken to the picture even of, of Martha and Mary. I was immediately taken to another set of siblings, um, and the siblings had the same kind of dynamic. One, you could consider one that was doing the feeding or the serving, and then you had one that was committed more to working, right? And the, in that same instance, that same person that was con committed to working had a problem with the one that was committed to serving. Oh, my God. Just from the beginning, can we talk? Can we talk about how oftentimes people who just want to work, which most of the time is built on selfishness, do not like people who are willing to serve, which is most of the time built on selflessness. Selfish people will always have a problem with selfless people. People that are committed to just tilling, I'm on my grind, right? Everybody's about that. I get it, right? Because I'm on mine too. But my grind does not, um, does not pull away from serving people. So the question today that you have to consider while you're on your grind is serving people in the grind. 
Because if serving people is not in the grind, you're not following the kingdom way. You're not following the kingdom way. So we got this, this dynamic that we see both with Cain and Abel's siblings, and we see this same dynamic later in the New Testament with Martha and Mary. We see this idea of one that's committed to working and one that's committed to serving. The one that's working always has a problem with the person serving. This is why you can never let selfish people run you out of the position of the apron. Huh? You can never let selfish people who want to be served. They want the servants to come to them to the table. They want the water to be brought to them. But this is the hour of the water carriers. This is the hour of the people who are willing to carry water and not just those that want people to bring them the water. I was teased as I was growing up because um, one of the things that I did when I started 13 years old, I started serving um, who is now known as the presiding bishop of the Church of God in Christ everywhere, the largest um, mainly African-American Pentecostal denomination of the world. Um, when I was 13 years old, I was in a tent meeting with a gentleman named R.W. Shambach, one of the greatest revivalists that ever walked the earth. A tent revival was done on the grounds of West Angeles Church um, before West Angeles started building what is known now as the cathedral um, over on Crenshaw in L.A. And so we had a big tent revival. Healings were happening. Miracles were happening. And I was in those experiences. And I remember 12, 13 years old, I began to hear the Spirit of God tell me, carry this man's water. Now, it was very, you know, unusual to be able to go to someone who is a mega church pastor. The church was over 20,000 members, and this is the kind of church I grew up in. And so I, I'm at the church, and I feel like God is saying, hey, carry the man's water. And so I make an appointment. <laughs> yes, I did, 12, 13 years old, with the bishop um, of, of this mega church. And, and I ask him a very clear, clear question, can I carry your water? From that point on, I started serving him all the way up until I, I became in my adult years and went away to college. My point is when I was serving him, um, carrying his water, literally um, carrying uh, for him and helping to make sure he was taken care of, I was teased. I was teased by people and individuals who, who said, you know, that I was sucking up to the leader, said that I was just trying to get close uh, to, to the leader and all of these things. But I was committed to carrying the water no matter what. Because I carried the water of a great man, I receive an inheritance of a great man. I want to be very clear. I'm carrying something now in my inner man, in my soul, in my spirit. I'm carrying something very unique because I was willing to carry the water of a great man. It matters whose water you are willing to carry. It matters who you're willing to serve. And, and I need to tell you that servants get something that people who are just willing to work do never receive. They never receive. Now here's the other thing really quickly about the dynamic of workers and servants. People who work are oftentimes wanting to be seen. They're wanting to be seen, right? That was, that was Cain's problem. He, he didn't like the fact that God gave favor upon Abel. Why? Cain wanted to be seen. Cain wanted the visibility. Cain wanted to be the individual that God smiled upon. And that's how that dynamic works between the worker and the servant. Oftentimes, uh, if they see anybody else winning, if the worker sees the servant winning, they have a problem with it because they want to be the ones who are on top. I just heard the song from a Tyre Banks show. You want to be on top? Want to be on top? It, it, it's so uh, America's Next Stop Model. You, it's important for you to understand that a lot of people are the ones that are pressing to be the top. But you, the question is always, and I'll keep putting this in front of you because it's my responsibility, as many of you all, a man of God, is how low are you willing to go? 
How low are you willing to go? Because it's the lowest that you're willing to go is the highest you'll be able to be. That your willingness to be able to, 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 to do uh, what God said, what you do unto the least of these, you've done unto me. You've got to be committed to doing that. And so we see from the beginning, tiller of the ground, and we see from the beginning, keeper of the sheep. Tiller of the ground, keeper of the sheep. And we just connect that right back to the New Testament, this Martha Mary mentality. So we see this out of the ground that the, 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 the tiller of the ground kills and always will try to kill the keeper of the sheep. Well, let's move. Um, so in Genesis um, chapter, chapter 4 there, we see this, and we see the operation of this thing moving along um, uh, through, through the story. And one of the things that we understand about Eve is that Eve, first of all, because of her sin, um, we see her go through a, a very difficult birth. Um, the reason why she had difficult birth, remember the, 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 the confession that God made to them was that, hey, childbirth is going to be difficult for you. That's one of the repercussions of your sin and what you experience. And so she, she was born, this child was born, first of all, in pain, yes, but this child was her firstborn experience, the firstborn experience. And one of the things that happened when she named Cain, Cain was named, um, where is it, Sherman? Cain was named uh, the one that is uh, firstborn. So it's the firstborn. And the whole idea behind his name is that I've gotten a man child with the help of the Lord. I've gotten a man child with the help of the Lord. So that the Lord birthed forth her first child, her first child. Interesting thing about what happened here is that from the beginning, I believe, because he was first, he already had an entitlement. Because he was first. And, and it's very interesting that he, he came out with this idea. And you have to be very careful that sometimes, oh, okay, uh, sometimes like first generation of anything sometimes carries this entitlement. And not all of us that are firstborn, but, but sometimes it carries this entitlement. I've seen that in what, I'm, what we're building, Dr. Chiquette and I here. Those that were with me, with us from the very beginning, um, at times carried a bit of entitlement. That they felt like because they had started with us, that they were supposed to have some kind of promise or, or, or position or prominence or, or something there because they were first to do it. Be very careful to not feel like you're owed anything in life right? Now, promises of God are yea and amen. Sure, contend for those, but you do not position yourself at a place where you're demanding something because of the position in where you came. Now, but Cain uh, came into place, and as the firstborn, it seems like he fell eventually into a strong spirit of rebellion. We see rebellion there. I want, I want to, let's, let's connect this together. Let's go somewhere else. Let's go to Jude chapter 1, verse 11. If this is helping you already, I want you just to type in the comments, this is helping me. I just want to make sure that it's clear. And, uh, you know, I mean, here I am coming up behind Pastor BJ, my God. So I want to make sure that, that, that we're good, okay? Jude chapter 1 and verse uh, 11, Jude 1 and verse 11 Woe to them, okay? Whenever you see that, that's a warning. That's a warning, okay? That's a warning. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain. I want you to remember that. There's a way of Cain. There's a way of Cain. Woe to those who have gone the way of Cain. The way of Cain. They have rushed headlong into the air. Please pay attention to this of Balaam. Who was Balaam? Let's talk. Balaam was a false prophet. Balaam was a false prophet who made a decision that he would lend his gifts for financial gain. 
financial gain. And he goes through the process of deciding to do this, and God uses a donkey. The scripture says an ass in King James. He uses one to be able to get a message across to him. God speaks through the donkey. He's still doing it today. He speaks through the donkey to get a message to Balaam to let him know what the word and the, 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 the mandate of God was for him. So what he's saying is that uh, he comparing, the scriptures are comparing Cain to Balaam. Let's pay attention to this. The, uh, the way of Cain, the way of Cain is this idea of rebellion, is this idea of gain, is this idea of going your own way rather than going the way of God the way of Cain. So the, the Bible is giving us a warning to be very careful that none of us go the way of Cain. Can I share something with you that the enemy would be very happy to see you taking the way of Cain, your own way, your own way, uh, a feeling like you know better, right? Feeling like, feeling like according to this, this correlation with Balaam, feeling like uh, you're going to go and push into gain more than you are going to push into purpose. Because the truth is, if you push into purpose, you will always gain. I don't know what this dumb idea is, is that in order to say hi, to say yes to God, that means that I have to live in poverty. The devil is a liar and his mama. I will refuse to be in a place where I'm going to live poor. No, if I'm going to live and commit to the work of God, my daddy owns everything. And because he owns everything, I have an, a, major, a major inheritance and my inheritance is not just in the heavens. That's not what the Bible says. My inheritance is in the earth as well. And so I'm expecting for my father to give me my inheritance and to allow me to live at the level I'm supposed to live. So when I follow purpose, there will always be gain. I don't have to f pursue gain outside of purpose. So he says that the way, the way, the way of Cain is like the era of Balaam. And look at this. And, and, and it says this, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Who was Korah? You remember Korah. Korah thought that they knew better than the man of God. Korah came in. The spirit of Korah always comes in to come up against authority. The spirit of Korah always comes in to come up against authority and to pull other people into rebellion with them. Are you seeing this here? You, the way of Cain involves strong rebellion that pulls others into it. Now, if you're going to deal with rebellion, you're going to deal with witchcraft. The Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. A, the Bible is correlating the two together. What is witchcraft? You're dealing with control. You're dealing with manipulation. You're dealing with these things that are going to try to put people in a certain circumstance and a certain plan that you want them to be in. Be very careful of people who take the way of Cain because if they take the way of Cain, they're taking the way of Balaam, right? And they're also acting as Korah. They're acting as Korah, this strong rebellion that goes against the systems of leadership that God has put in place. Okay? You don't have to always like what God says to whatever leader said he's placed in your life, but what you need to always do is submit. I know you don't like that. Uh, I know you don't like that. Number's probably going down now. But, but let, let, me, let, me say, let, let, me, let me say something. Submission is the way of the believer. My wife says something so powerful that submission is not losing your power. 
She says that submission is realizing all that power that you have and making a conscious decision to put it up another, under another. Submission. Submarine. Submission. To come up, come up under another. And so the spirit of Korah never wants to submit. It always thinks it knows better. It always thinks it knows better. So you never want to take the way of Cain, the way of Cain. Now, interesting thing is that uh, she, she gave birth to Cain, right? And we understand that. But then she also gave birth to Abel. Interesting enough, she named him vapor or breath. Abel's name means vapor or breath. It was almost as if that she had an awareness that he wouldn't be here long. It's very interesting. Uh, it, was, it was almost like she had an awareness uh, within herself that he would not be here long. She named him vapor or, or breath. So Genesis chapter 4, verse number 3 is where we're going to continue. The Bible says that in the process of time, it came to pass. We're just going to say right there. In the process of time, it came to pass. I know you don't like that statement. Right? The majority of us don't like the process of time. The process of time. But I want to offer to you that time is not your enemy. It can be your friend. And that God has gifted you time so that he could measure your process, right? He gifted you time so that you could be able to walk through that. I dealt with that the first week, I think, or the second week. One of those weeks that you got to realize that time is a gift from God so you can measure your process. So the Bible says in the process of time, it came to pass. It came to pass that Cain bought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord, an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also bought, um, uh, brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. So let's talk about that for a minute. Um, if you remember our first fruit series, we deal with this a little bit about how powerful it is that we see this, this amazing instance of the first fruit. We, we see that what Cain did was brought God whatever. Just as simple as that. Here you go. I'm going to bring you something. What Abel said is I'm going to get the first. I'm going to get the first. Now, if you think and you contemplate concerning the first, I got to draw the picture for you. This means um, that this particular uh, 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 offering that he brought to him had been with his family the longest. Had been with his family the longest, right? So of his offering, of his offering, the firstborn of the flock. So we're talking about a lamb here. We're talking about a sheep, sheep here. So he brings the sheep to the Lord. When he brings the sheep to the Lord, this is a very valuable sheep because of the fact that it had been so long. So that's how they, that's how they measured the value of sheep was how old it was. So because it was so old, the older it was, the more valuable it was. So, so this was the firstborn. This was the one that had lived the longest with this family. But one of the things that also you have to understand is that those who feed the sheep also begin to build relationship with the sheep. If you study how shepherds and feed, those that feed sheep relate to sheep, one of the ways that they are able to cause for the sheep to trust them is building strong relationship with them. 
So it was bigger than this just being a valuable sheep. This sheep was more than likely a, a something that Abel had built relationship with. There was a close proximity it was. It, they started liking it into uh, many of the shepherds and those that fed, fed the sheep until, until like their pets. I don't know if many of you ever lost a pet before, uh, a pet that you really love. Uh, my wife, she doesn't like um, pets. She believes that dogs eat babies. And so, um, and she tells our children that. She really does uh, tell our children that. And so <laughs> she doesn't believe in pets. But, 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 but Abel uh, pretty much grew up would have grown up with this particular sheep, would have had a close connection with it. And so the, the idea here is that, that Abel brought God something that was close to his heart. Y'all don't want this. He, 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 he brought God something that was close to his heart. What are you willing to give up? Cain said, you can have whatever. Abel says, I'm going to bring you something that's valuable and close to my heart. Close to my heart, right? And so he goes through this process and this commitment that I love God so much that I refuse to offer him just anything. But if I'm going to bring him an offering, I'm going to bring him something that's dear to my heart. What does the scripture say? Where your treasury is, there will your heart be also. What you find valuable, what you see as important, that's going to be connected to uh, where, your, where your heart is. So he brings the firstborn of his flock and of, of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, respected Abel. Another virgin said he honored Abel and his offering. He honored it. That's amazing. Uh, isn't that beautiful when God honors you? I don't know if y'all paid attention to that right then about that when God honors you. It, it's something to receive honor from, from, from man. It, it's something to receive honor from, from people that have gone ahead of you, people that are behind you, people that are peer level to you. It, it's amazing to receive honor from human beings. But what is it like when God honors you? We don't talk about that a lot. We don't see that a lot in scripture. This idea, God honors you. And, and what is this thing of, so God is honoring those who are willing to offer to him the first. He honors those who are willing to give of what's valuable to them. It's this idea that as you honor him, he honors you. Yeah. As you honor him, he honors you. And so it's this amazing, this amazing kind of a heart connection, this back and forth thing that we see that begins to happen in the life of Abel. Verse 5 says, but he did not respect. Another version says, he did not honor Cain and his offering. So we see this idea, Cain is upset now. The Bible says, and Cain was very angry. <laughs> I bet you were. He was upset because God honored his brother, but did not honor him. Honored his brother, but did not honor him. I want you to be careful because oftentimes we will begin to get to a place um, if we allow, if we let the enemy push us there, where we're upset about somebody else's winning. And the only reason why we didn't win was because of our own issues and our own actions. Cain had no right to be upset. The, 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 the only reason why your, your, yours was not honored is because you did not give your best. We don't like that kind of talk. 
The reason why you didn't win in life is not because the man held you down. The reason why you didn't win in life is not because you had a bad boss. It's not because the IRS. It's not because Child Protective Services. It's not because of this entity and that entity and the other entity. It's because simply you didn't do your best. You didn't. You didn't do your best. So we, we're on a journey in our household of teaching our kids the power of responsibility. And, uh, of course, that's a lifelong journey. Um, God blessed us with a, an, uh, an amazing property uh, that we own now, and it's, it's land around there. So my, my city kids are now having to keep land, okay? And so they are, they're doing leaves. They're doing all of this stuff, and, and we're doing all this DIY stuff as a family to make sure that our kids are learning responsibility, right? Learning the importance that life is not just given to you any old kind of way that you've got to embrace responsibility. Um, and so sometimes as we do things, my kids will say, um, um, well, I'm done. And so we'll come and check out whatever the chore was and we find out like, you're done with what? And so for them, they, they, they're sometimes they're like, well, at least I did it. The, I'm not frozen, I'm here. The, the, uh, the, the, many of us, who are watching right now, you live in the at least I did it. It's not that I did my best, but at least I did something. And you feel like you're worthy of something because you did something. <laughs> but the truth is, you've got to take responsibility of your actions. The reason why you're not winning is simply because you didn't bring your best to the table. The reason why you got the prom didn't get the promotion is not because you're black or Latino. That's not why you didn't get it. You didn't get it because you didn't bring your best. You didn't show up. You didn't show up the best version of yourself. Can I warn you that there are some things that God wants to release to your life, but you won't get them until you bring your best? You can't sit on the sideline like Cain and be mad about Abel when you didn't do what you were supposed to do. But what if you aligned your life and made a decision in all situations, I'm going, I'm going to bring my best, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to do my, my best in life. I get it, you know, there's been certain situations, I'm growing, forever growing with my schedule. I'm always getting better, right, with my schedule and keeping my calendar and those types of things. Well, as I get better, if I have errors with it, and my wife is my coach in that area, so if my wife is like, hey, you really could have done better, I've been there before recently, maybe this week, <laughs> where, I, where, I looked her, <laughs> where I looked her in the face, and I was like, I mean, I'm doing better. I'm doing better than I was doing before, as if that made it okay that I was losing. Doing better while losing. Doing better while appointments are clashing. Doing, doing better while, while losing. Better is not best. Type that in the comments. Better is not best. God doesn't just want better. He wants best. And if you offer him best in every area of your life, you take the heartbeat of Abel and bring God best in your life. In those areas where you bring him best, he's going to honor you in those areas. 
you're going to see the honor of God come from heaven. He's going to favor you in those areas where your best is given. I hope this is helping somebody tonight. And so God didn't respect Cain, and uh, Cain became very angry, and the Bible said, and his countenance fell. So it was visible um, on his face, glory to God, that he was upset with the situation. And so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Now, here's the thing. God never asks questions because he does not know. Duh. If God asks a question, it's because he's trying to get you to a place of confession. Right? He just, he just finished doing the same thing with a mom and daddy. Who told you you were naked? Right? He, he, he had no confusion about who told him. But he, he always is positioning us to a place of evaluation. I want you to get that. God is always positioning us at a place of evaluation. It's not good. What we like is for God just to tell us. Just tell us. And, and, and like a ministry like ours is so supernatural and, and we are, we, we are uh, big and, and sharing the heart of God through the power of prophecy. And, and sometimes people just want for somebody else to tell them rather than do self-evaluation. You want some outer individual to tell you what you just need to pay attention to. And then there's people who feel like they're self-aware, but self-aware with no change. Self-aware, self-diagnose, but no change. So you, you know what's happening there, but then there's no shift. And I want to encourage some people that are watching today, this is the hour to make the shift, right? This is the hour to, to, to make the, the change. And so, and so God says, hey, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? And this is what he said. This is what God says to him. If you do well, you will be accepted. God have mercy. I, I, I mean, we could just go right there. As we back at this best thing. If you do well, you will be accepted, right? There, there, there won't be any rejection. There won't be any dishonor. If you do what you're supposed to do, it's going to come in alignment. Now, this is what the scripture goes, say, goes on to say. If you do not do well, look at this, please. Sin lies at the door. Another version says sin crouches. It's like a lion crouching, a tiger crouching at the door. The, the idea is that there's always something waiting to take you out of alignment when you do not do well. Right? When you begin to not do well, a lot of us find ourselves in places making some of the worst decisions we ever made. It's in, it's in the times when you didn't do well that you, you found yourself in some of the worst sins. So you were upset, you were angry about not winning, and so you just kind of went into a giving up mindset, a mindset of giving up, and you found yourself doing things that you should have never done before, right? Sin is always waiting um, at the door, waiting at the door. Um, and so the Bible goes on to say it, it desire, its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Man, I love that. Its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. So even though sin is coming for you, you don't have to acquiesce to it. Sin comes for you, but you can rule over sin. I'm just, all right, praise God. We can close the broadcast. Sin is coming for you, but you can rule over it. You can rule over it. Now, I need you to understand what just happened now. God gave him a warning. God saw something 
down the line. And he's saying, hey, you're going to come into a position, you're going to come into a place where you're going to have the opportunity to either follow sin or overcome sin. So isn't God amazing like that through his grace? He'll always give us instruction ahead of time. He will always do it. He will always give us instruction ahead of time to make sure that you're prepared for what is to come. So let's keep going. Verse 8, the Bible says, Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass that when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Lord have mercy. Comparison will always cause for you to kill your brother. You may not kill them with a knife or a gun. Some of you crazy, and you might. But the majority of us are not going to physically harm anybody, but you'll kill them with your words. You'll kill them with your words. Comparison will get you into gossip. You'll get into a place where you'll be looking like, I mean, what, why, what they do? I mean, they ain't got, I mean, look at them. They ain't got nothing to do. And you start looking at their whole life. You'll start pulling apart what they have. You'll feel like they shouldn't have it because comparison will always get you there. That's why you got to just own your own lane. You just got to be who God called you to be and not be worried about who's, who's got what and, and who has that and, and what's happening there because you, you uniquely carry something. You carry something special. You, you, and when you press into that difference, I tell you that all the time, you're, you're going to make a difference in your difference, right? You're going to also make the greatest amounts of money you will ever make when you embrace your difference. When you embrace your difference, something shifts, something changes, when you embrace your difference. And so we see here that, 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 that the Bible makes it very clear. Now Cain talked with his brother and he killed him, right? He killed him. Comparison will always kill your siblings. The Bible says, verse nine, then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? There goes God asking questions he already knows. Watch what he says to him. He says this in a smart act way. I mean, Cain was something else. So in a smart, elegant way to God, he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Let's deal with that. Am I my brother's keeper? That word, their keeper, is shamar. I've dealt with it before. Remember when God had a conversation with Adam in the garden, he told him that he was supposed to tend and keep the garden. He was supposed to shamar. Shamar means to hedge around about his thorns is the assignment of every true prophetic believer is that they have an, an assignment they're supposed to shamar. But this is something interesting here that is obvious that there was supposed to be a relationship in brotherhood and in, in, in siblings that God was placing where there was this idea of shamaring those that we're in relationship with. So it's not that just a shamaring of places, it's a shamaring of people. It's a shamaring of people. And Cain comes in and says, am I my brother's uh, keeper? Uh, am I supposed to shamar my brother? Am I supposed to hedge around about him as thorns? Am I supposed to offer protection to him? If you're in the place of comparison, you can't be in position to guard. You're comparing yourself to what you're supposed to guard. You're comparing yourself to a thing that God has brought covenant relationship with that you're designed to guard. These two are my brothers. 
They're, they're my brothers. Now, it's, it's weird relationships because they're my spiritual sons. So, it, but they're my brothers. They're my friends. They're my real friends. And, uh, and I get to do life with them, okay, on a regular basis. It would be stupid for me to find something about them and make a decision that I'm going to start comparing myself. When I start comparing the two to myself to them, then I'm locking myself out of position to be able to shamar them. Part of our assignment to one another is that I'm supposed to guard them. My, my job is that I'm supposed to, 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 to come around about them as thorns. And so, and so if I don't hold my position right, I will always open the door for something else to get in to get into their life, to get in to their families, to get in to their children. It's God's design for us to shamar those that we've been in relationship with. You are supposed to be your brother's keeper. That's why I want to close it. As a matter of fact, Romans 12 and 10 says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. I'm going to read that again. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. This is Romans 12 and 10. Give preference to one another in honor. You'll never lose in honor. You'll never lose in honor. You'll never lose in honor. Our job is to outdo one another, to do our best to outdo one another in honor. It's our best to, to do, outdo others in honor. And remember, honor is not just to those that uh, we esteem highly, right? It's, it's not just the people that we, we have in our life as leadership. Everybody receives honor because everybody's God's creation, right? Everybody's God's creation, even the people that you might not feel like are, 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 are living the right way or doing the right things. Um, honor is not based upon doing the right things. We honor based upon who manufactured you. You are God's creation, so therefore, you're worthy of honor, right? And the Bible is pressing us into this idea, and I, th- and I just want to, I want you to go on a journey this week of finding, uh, as, uh, finding as many people as possible that you can honor. What does honor mean? It means the value. It's this idea of, of, of showing value, showing that you, you mean something to me. You mean something to this world. You mean something to me. And I, you know, one of the things that the catastrophic situation we saw on Capitol Hill uh, some time ago, uh, when, when all of those um, uh, terrorists um, went and came upon the Capitol, um, I believe that it was something that was birthed forth out of our president, please, I'm not, a, I'm not a Democrat, so I'm not coming for him for any other reason. I'm just speaking truth, okay, guys? I tell you all the time, I'm not Democrat, I'm not Republican, I'm just kingdom, okay? I'm not independent, I'm kingdom. I believe that there was a message of dishonor that was released out of the mouth of our former leader. And when that was released out of his mouth, it met the same dishonor that was in the, that crowd of thugs, hoodlums that made a decision that would go upon the Capitol. You understand? Dishonor is, is contagious. That's what I'm trying to say. Dishonor is contagious. But as much as dishonor is contagious, I'll tell you this, honor is contagious. Oh, wait. You start building that. You start building the honor of culture, man, uh, a culture of honor, things begin to shift. 
people, my God, people are, are, start, are start catching on, right? And, and part of the way that you shift culture is that you help people to understand this is what culture says. This is how we do it here. My sister, uh, Dr. Pam Ross, always says that culture will always explain to you, this is how we do it here, right? This is how we do it in the kingdom. <laughs> so when someone is dishonoring somebody, we don't jump into it because I am my brother's keeper. I am supposed to shamar my brother. So I don't jump into a conversation of dishonor and join in a dishonor band. No, 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 no. I say, this is how we do it here. Meaning how we do it here is we honor. We don't pull people down. This is how we do it here. We, we love people. This is, this is how we do it here. We forgive. It's the way of the kingdom. This is how we do it here. You know, we walk in, we walk in grace. This is how we do it here. The mercy of God shines through us. This is how we do it here. Culture is always explaining this is how we do it here. And I want to say to all nations, San Bernardino, we are a house of honor. Woo! I heard somebody say recently, honor up, honor down, honor all around. Honor up, honor down, honor all around. We, we, we just honor everywhere concerning our house. We, we, we live in the place of honor. And as we do so, you're going to be able to make sure you get out of the place of comparison. And if you get out of the place of comparison, you will move out of the place of needing to kill something that you're supposed to love. This is the hour that we must refuse to take the way of Cain. <laughs> but we must make a decision to humble ourselves and to follow the plan and the will of God. I, I mean, I had to give that to you today. The case of Cain and Abel. The case of Cain. Let, let's, let's take some time and let's just kind of go before the Lord in prayer. Right where you are, just lift your hands to the Lord and let's just worship him for a moment. Father, we are so grateful for your presence. We're so grateful for what you're doing right now. We, we, we thank you so much for the power of your, of your grace, the, the power of your heart. We just sense so strongly tonight that you're with us. I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord God, even as I have personally felt your grace, your supernatural, your divine ability to do a thing. I thank you, Lord God, that you are, you are revealing for your children tonight, God, the grace upon their lives. I feel like tonight you're highlighting the grace upon their lives, the ability, the divine ability that you've given them today. Father, I think that they're going to shine. That's what I hear the Lord say, that this is going to be the hour of his children shining bright, and they're going to shine bright through the grace God has given them. Glory to God. And you're going to shine bright, and God is going to give you the ability in this season to pay attention to the condition of your heart, right? You're going to be able to really see the condition of your heart and to make sure that your heart is not going in a direction that God never ordained for it to go. But you're going to be able to receive so powerfully the grace of God. Sin is crouching at the door, but right now we bind the enemy that would try to push you in the way of sin. Glory to God. But you are going to plummet. You're going to, you're going to deal with this sin. You're going to deal with it. You're going to take sin and you're going to overcome it. You're going to take sin and you're going to destroy it. You're going to take sin and you're going to make sure that it doesn't live in your life and in your space. I sense so strongly tonight the holiness of God is coming upon this broadcast. The Bible says, be ye holy for I am holy. Glory to God. What does that mean? To be like God. To be like God. And so I feel like this, this idea of being like God is coming upon you. Ooh. 
and it's coming upon you in relationships and it's coming upon you in, in family relationships, opposite sex relationships, friendships, the holiness of God. Hey, glory to God. The enemy has wanted to the entrance of sin, my God, to destroy things that God has pulled together. But I, right now, I just feel tonight the need to shamar relationships. Yeah, yeah, to, 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 to be in a position tonight to make sure that we are, ooh, we, that we're protecting relationships. We're shamaring, my God, relationships. Ah, we, we're receiving the holiness of God and we put up a guard. Hallelujah. Ah, yeah, yeah. We put up a guard, a barrier. Hallelujah. Against those things that are unholy. Glory to God. That are unholy. Glory to God. We bind that up in the name of Jesus. Ooh, we bind that up in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. We bind that up in the name of, but the holiness of God. Huh? The holiness of God. The holiness of God be released. Hallelujah. Upon the, be ha, ha, holy for I am holy. Hallelujah. This idea, glory to God, of being like God, hallelujah, being like God, hallelujah, looking into that mirror and becoming the image of God as Dr. Shaket taught us this past Sunday. We thank you, Lord God, Lord, that you're doing that right now, mighty God. Just take a moment and just worship him. There's a shift I feel. Yeah, the God likeness is coming upon you. Woo! God likeness is coming. God likeness, God likeness. Mm, you find it in the mirror of the word. God likeness, woo! God likeness in my relationships. God likeness, God likeness. Holiness, holiness in my friendships. Like God, I want to be like God when I deal with my friends. I want to be like God when I deal with my family. I want to be like God when I deal in romantic relationships. I, I want to be like God. I want to be like God. I want to be like him in every single way. Father, we receive that now. We receive that now. We thank you for what you're doing and how you're moving. Woo! Thank you for that. Hallelujah. We thank you for it. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for how you're moving tonight. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for that. We thank you for how you're moving tonight, Father. Listen, there's somebody watching tonight. You need to give your life to Jesus. You need your sins forgiven. You need new life in Christ. And listen, Jesus is here. His presence is here. And he wants to receive you into his fold tonight. You have an opportunity to, to, to be forgiven of your sins. And the great thing about it is free. The free gift of God that you receive by faith, through grace, by faith, you receive this gift. And right now, Jesus is here right now, knocking at the door of your heart, saying, let me in. Whether you're receiving Jesus for the first time or whether you're rededicating your life to Jesus, tonight is that night to give your life to Christ. You don't have to wait. 
you, tonight's tonight. You don't have to try to have everything lined up tonight's tonight. What I want you to do is I want you to prepare to, to say this prayer with me. I want you to pray this simple prayer. I want you to repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for my sins and rising on the third day. I confess my sins, and I thank you, Lord, for cleansing me of all unrighteousness. Jesus, be the Lord of my life and be my director. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And just like that, you're saved, and we're celebrating that today. We're celebrating that. Listen, if you gave your life to Christ, I want you to do something. I want you to take a step further, and I want you to text Lifeline to the number 94090. I want you to text Lifeline to the number 94090. Very important you do so. We have a gift for you, something we want to give you. We want to follow up with you. We want to help you in your growth process in Christ. So very important that you text Lifeline to the number 94090. I know there's somebody watching tonight, I'm very clear about this, that needs to join this church. You need to be a part of this fellowship of believers. What I love about our church, as I say all the time, is that you can join our church from anywhere around the world. So we're a local church with a global reach, and, and I believe today that God wants you to be a part of this. And, and when you join from any part of the world, I want you to understand it's not just tuning in to watch. We have a great community. We want you to plug in literally to a team who wants to know your name. The team wants to know your name, wants to connect with you, wants to build with you, and do life with you. And so if you're watching today and you know you need a church full of power, full of the glory of God that helps commission you and bring you into the God idea for your life, we're the right church for you. My wife and I, co-pastor Dr. Chiquette, would love to be your pastors. And the people that are in the chat right now, they would love to be your family. And if you're watching right now, you know you need a local church, you need a place to belong, a place to call home. I want you today to text a new partner to the number 94090. Again, it's new partner to the number 940. Zero nine zero, And as you do so today, we have a gift for you as well. And we want to welcome you home and, and we want to serve you and be a part of your process. We would love to follow up with you. Well, listen, we're, we're, we're not leaving quite yet. And I want you to stay with me. I want you to know it's time to give. Go crazy in the comments. Go crazy in the comments. Listen, I want you to know that. Listen, great thing about what God is doing here at All Nations San Bernardino is that he gives us the opportunity to be a part of a church planting movement that's planting churches around the world. Um, what we're doing specifically from All Nations San Bernardino is that we're in the process of planting a church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, we're in the process of, 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 of planting a life-giving, spirit-filled church. Uh, we're excited because we have some really amazing things that are on the horizon. Uh, we, we're believing God. We're pushing towards our launch this spring. Uh, but there are some things that uh, is needed for this life-giving church in Las Vegas. If you know anything about the Strip, you know that a lot of people know Las Vegas for the Strip, and so people think that that's all Las Vegas is about. But we always say um, at All Nations Las Vegas is that um, we're going beyond the Strip. There's families, there are people who are beyond the Strip that need love and support. I don't know if you know this about what you have already helped us do, is that in Las Vegas there was a, um, a high school who um, had a number of students there that needed to graduate but had too much debt on the books and wasn't gonna be able to graduate. All Nations San Bernardino, in conjunction with All Nations Las Vegas, came in and wrote the check. And dozens of students were able to graduate because of your generosity. 
uh, we are part of planting a life-giving, spirit-filled church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Not only that, not only have we been feeding hundreds upon hundreds of people here uh, throughout pandemic, uh, literally over a thousand people throughout pandemic here, we've also been doing the same thing in Las Vegas, Nevada. Your seed has been helping us do it. Well, there's a special need and, um, that we have right now as we're planting the church and out there in Las Vegas, and there's some specific things that we need to do in order to be able to get this church launched and get it moving. We have a $10,000 need, and I don't usually come to you like this, but you know what? Right before this broadcast, I decided I would. I realized that there are some people who are out there who just simply um, may want to help support Las Vegas tonight. Um, um, everything that comes in tonight is going to go towards our Las Vegas campus. We have a $10,000 need. I know that that's very simple. I mean, how, how many people we, we need to give $100? Yeah. A hundred people? We need 100 people to give $100 today, right? Um, just 100 people to give $100. They was over here trying to calculate this. If my wife was here right now. She'd be laughing at all of us uh, that I could not just answer that question flat out. Um, and so um, <laughs> um, 100 people to give $100. Here's what I do know. I know that there's some people watching right now who can flat out just give the 10 grand or you could give five grand or you could even, you can give $1,000. I'm actually going to start the giving off tonight, and I'm going to sow, I'm going to sow $1,000 tonight into this. And so actually right now, all we need is $9,000. We need $9,000 um, to go towards this need in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I know so many of you watching today understand that the power of this, let me tell you, I had a vision some time ago, and I, and I saw the Lord doing something very strongly um, with prostitution in Las Vegas, Nevada. I saw God bringing revival uh, to the prostitutes of Las Vegas. And I saw, I, saw the, I saw an outreach that the Lord told me years ago to do called Take Back the Night. And it, we're, 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 we are gearing up to not just have church, we're gearing up to take back the night. We're, we're gearing up to go to Las Vegas and to help those that are broken and that feel like um, the way that they have taken is the only way. Will you help support tonight? And, and, I, and I don't usually do this kind of thing online but what I realize is that there are some people who can sow the $100 seed. And if you're going to sow the $100 seed tonight, would you just type in tonight, I, I, I'm one of the 100. Just type that in, one of the 100. Just type that in. You're sowing a $100 seed tonight. I want you to type in one of the 100. And, and this is only for the build community and camaraderie. Just type it in one of the 100. If you're doing that tonight, I want you to do that and, uh, and commit to do that. If you're, gonna, if you're gonna go any further, you're gonna join me and you're gonna sow $1,000 tonight, would you just type in one of the 1,000? Um, some of you don't want people to know that you're giving that. I get it. So, you know, if, if you, you know, one that doesn't want people to know, that's fine. But if you do, if you would just join in with us and let us see community doing this both on Facebook and, uh, and on, on YouTube, one of the 1,000, and uh, the, it just go in and drop uh, the one uh, that if you're giving that 1,000 uh, seed tonight, and uh, $1,000 seed, $100 seed, $5,000, 10000 maybe you say, Apostle, I can't do any of that. I want you to get as close as you can to that tonight, and uh, to sow the best seeds you can into the work of the Lord. Tonight, 
this offering we're going to dedicate to Las Vegas, Nevada and the work of the Lord. And I believe that um, if the Lord's designed for us to do it, I know he's put some generous people like you out there to help us do it. Right. And so I, I just I just totally believe that that that's possible tonight. I, I just really feel strongly. There's 10 people. I, I'm trying to move that there there's 10 people that can really do that thousand dollar seat tonight. And you might have to for me, I'm taking it from something else. It's not like it's not dedicated to something. Glory to God. There's lots of renovations in this new home. Um, and so, uh, uh, but I, I'm going to take it from something and I'm going to sow it to this. I'm going to, I'm going to position, yes, Lord, I'm going to position myself like an able tonight. Yep. I'm going to position myself like it's, 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 it's costly to me, um, but I'm going to position myself like an able. And I, and I just, I want to challenge you tonight. I don't usually take this long with offering. The people can tell you in the comments, I don't take this long with offering usually um, at all. We're not that kind of church, but I, I do, I, I'm not asking for me. So I feel comfortable in doing this. I'm asking for the city of Las Vegas. I'm not asking for me tonight. I'm asking for the city of Las Vegas. So I want you to partner with us tonight to do the work of the Lord. And we're going to sow this seed and we're going to handle the need that's there. And we're going to do some great things. And you will know as you see the breakthrough happening there that you were a part of it. Well, friends, you a couple of ways you can give. I got to tell you how, huh? You can do it through text to give. You can text uh, NYSBD to the number 77977. Again, that's NYSBD. BD uh, to the number 77977. You can give on our website, allnationssbd.com, Sam Boy David, allnationssbd.com. Or you can also go to your app store and download the All Nations San Bernardino app and give securely through that tonight. So I want to encourage you to sow that seed into the work of the Lord. We're going to give our best unto God. And I believe we're going to meet this goal tonight of $10,000. And we're going to uh, reach this community in a very, very uh, special way. Well, we're getting ready to head off, but I don't want you to go anywhere quite yet. I want you to know that this Sunday is going to be so powerful as we continue in the Essential Series. And Anwai at Home has been so special and unique. Um, God's been doing something really, really powerful in our worship sets, in the Word. And it's just such an amazing format. So many of you have communicated that you felt like we were just coming right into your living room. And that's exactly what our goal was. And so I'm so happy that it's communicating so well and that we are, we are we're settling in at that uh, five o'clock uh, point. I want to encourage you to come on 430 for the lobby. And uh, a shout out to Pastor Jose, our online campus pastor, Pastor Tiffany, um, one of our executive pastors. They have been leading that space so well. And so jump on for the lobby. It's a lot of fun, very engaging. You get to meet people, build community, and learn what's happening in the, in the, uh, of your church. But not only do you want to come on for the pre-lobby, but you want to stay on for the experience and then stay on for the post-lobby. I don't know if you know this as well. We have pastors that are on call every single Sunday. So at the end of the work, Worship experience, you have, we'll have a link that's at the bottom of the screen. Uh, you'll be able to go there to receive prayer. If you need to prayer, you just need to speak with someone, you need to be able to connect with someone. Our pastors and leaders are on call every single time. I'm so proud of them who've just been positioning themselves to serve the people of God. And uh, we're just pivoting. We're, got, you know, we're doing it virtual and we're making it happen. Um, I got a, a couple of announcements, so I'm going to stay here. We are opening back up. 
It's happening. So we are keeping NY at home at five, without a doubt. But on Easter, April the 4th, we are excited to announce that we will be launching both an 8.30 and 11 a.m. worship experience in person. Now, we're creating the space for us to social distance. We're cleaning out all the vents and all of that. We're cleaning the air. We're sanitizing everything. I didn't wait and let somebody poke me in my arm so I can lay hands on you and hug you. I mean, I, I've been vaccinated. It. And uh, and uh, and so the reason why I made that distinction, I surely was going around the world saying vaccinated. And so uh, so it is so important Like we are we're doing all of the precautions um, that we can do to make this a very safe environment for you. And um, all of our hosts, you, you're going to be getting uh, how you can go ahead and register now. A matter of fact, tonight, my staff is going to make sure that the pastors and leaders have those links. We're going to send them in our group meetings, encourage everybody to go ahead and start registering. We're encouraging you to register for only one worship experience. Easter is the Super Bowl of Sundays. There are going to be people trying to get into this experience from all over Southern California. People have been waiting to worship. Whereas some people are preferring to be at home, there are many others who are waiting to worship in person. And so we, we want to make space for as many people as we possibly can. Lest you are serving in both of those experiences, we ask that you only register for one experience. And so we're excited about that. More information coming is going to be powerful it's going to be amazing, all that God is going to do through our wonderful church. Well, it's also time for groups. I, I'm, just, I'm just doing my commercials. And so uh, uh, small groups have opened. Um, we call them tribes here, and we encourage you to go and sign up for tribes. You can go to allnationssbd.com forward slash tribes and find your tribe. I'm so excited. I think I've told over 200 of you have already joined the tribe. Is that right? Over 200 of you have already joined the tribe here at the church. And But but I believe there's even more of you that need to plug in. This is our way of building community. This is our way of doing, and we get to do it all online and, and connect virtually. So go and do that. Well, I'm heading to Instagram Live at 8.35 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for what's called the after party. That's where the supernatural meets IG live, Instagram live in a fun and creative way. We bring people on live and minister the Father's heart through prophecy, healing, and deliverance. I'm heading there. My night continues. If you would like to join me, join me over there, and we would love to have you there. Well, it's been great having worship with you tonight for midweek. Um, I, this is All Nations San Bernardino. I'm Sherman Dumas, and good night. Wow, that was amazing. Agreed. We want you to stay connected with All Nations San Bernardino. Do not let the uplifting stop here. Join us on Facebook or Instagram for more amazing content. We want to connect with you. And guess what? If you're in town or even out of town, come visit us at All Nations San Bernardino all the way live.